With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15. Can the Diamondbacks keep up in the new look 2021 NL West? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, February 10th. I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Uh, it is time to talk about the Diamondbacks. Feels sort of bad for them. Uh, they've not gotten the attention that pretty much every other team in the division has gotten this offseason. Yeah, they haven't really been that active, uh, but they have a pretty interesting team. Good prospects, maybe a couple of years away. Pretty nice rotation. Kind of a crap bullpen. We'll get into that uh, Zach here in just a minute or two, but uh, a better team than you might think. They're just cursed to be in the same division as you know the Dodgers and the Padres right now. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a bad uh, turn of events for them in that regard. But yeah, you did mention we're going to be talking here with Zach Buchanan, the Athletics Diamondbacks beat writer. So Zach, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us here and uh, get us a little up, more up to speed on the Diamondbacks. Um, well, until like this past weekend, uh, they hadn't done anything this winter at all. Uh, they'd taken a Rule 5 pick, and then they traded him, and then they claimed the guy off waivers, and then lost him off waivers, and that was the extent of their winter. And now they've signed Joaquin Soria, um, which is a nice addition for their bullpen. He might be the best reliever they've ever brought in externally, uh, which isn't saying much for the relievers they brought in in the past. But he, he should have a big effect back there, especially if he winds up closing games. But as you guys mentioned, the bullpen is maybe the biggest question mark of this team. And this team is not without a ton of question marks. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to ask those questions. So uh, appreciate you being here, uh, helping us out with the answers. So we will get to the uh, the bullpen situation for sure. But I do want to start with the offense. It was very disappointing last season. And as you know, we've all referred to, uh, they're in a division with a couple of teams that have really loaded up, especially on pitching this offseason in the Dodgers and Padres. And those were two of the top five offenses last year in terms of um, WRC+. Uh, but it would certainly go a long way towards making the Diamondbacks competitive if Cattell Marte and David Peralta showed a little bit more power in 2021. So do you see any reasons for us to have some optimism over those kinds of rebounds? I, I think so. I, I think it'd be very surprising if this group came back and was as bad offensively as they were a year ago. Um, the organization seems to believe that uh, that they'll be better because they haven't changed anything about their hitting coach staff. They haven't brought in any new hitters. They still might bring in like a platoon outfielder or something, but no one that's going to really like suddenly transform the offense. So uh, I certainly think it's reasonable to expect Cattell Marte to be better than he was a year ago. Will he be like MVP candidate Cattell Marte like he was 
in 2019. I don't know about that, but he was even in 2018, he was a good player before that. Um, so I, I think it's reasonable to think that this will be a decent offense. Um, my bigger question marks with this team are with the rotation in the bullpen. Yeah, I, I think that's where there's a lot of ways it can go wrong for the D-backs, but it could go right, I think, in the rotation because they do have some interesting starters. When you look at Madison Bumgarner, to me, he's one of their least interesting starters, even though he's probably one of their safest bets to take the ball every fifth day or every sixth day all season long. Uh, but I want to talk about Merrill Kelly. Is he ready to build on the good start that he had to the shortened season? Could he actually emerge to lock down a spot in that starting five and, and be a viable starter all season long? I think he, he'll be in the rotation if he's healthy. Uh, the big issue with him is he's coming off of thoracic outlet surgery, which is not you know as simple a comeback as Tommy John. Uh, all indications are right now that he is on track. He should be ready to go full speed for spring training, which is good. Um, but we've seen plenty of guys that come back from that and aren't quite the same. Um, I'd be surprised if Merrill Kelly is the pitcher he was before he got hurt. You know, he had a ERA for a while in the high ones. Uh, that's not who he is. He's, he's going to be a reliable innings eater type like he was in 2019 where he took the ball every fifth day. I think he made 30 something starts and he gave you a reasonable chance to win every time he went out there. Maybe there's a bit more upside in there than that. Um, but he was pitching like an ace at the beginning of last season, and I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to keep that up. Um, but he's a very valuable rotation piece for them, considering he's not making a ton of money. Yeah, I look at this group. They have a lot of guys who are pre-arbitration, so it's one of the cheapest rotations in the entire league. You've got really the new ace in Zach Gallon. I think the fantasy community appreciates what he brings to the table as much as any group of baseball fans out there right now. There's a lot of injury risk in this group, though. Caleb Smith, you know, when he's been out there as a big league starter, has been pretty interesting during his time in Miami and during his very brief time in Arizona. What's your sense of, of where Caleb Smith is going to be at entering spring training? Is he pretty firmly in the rotation to begin the season, health permitting? Yes. I don't think in terms of like who's in the rotation that there's really much mystery. Um, it, you're starting with Baumgartner and Gallon, and you've got Caleb Smith, Luke Weaver, and Merrill Kelly. If someone else forces their way into that conversation, it, it would surprise me if all those guys are healthy. Um, I'll be interested to see what Caleb Smith does. Uh, they put him on a really short leash after they acquired him last year because he was coming off of having had COVID and had been down for a while. And so they took him out early in some games where he'd been pitching really well and he got into some animated conversations with Tori Lovello in the dugout about it. Um, from my understanding, he's trimmed down a bunch this offseason. He, he was always kind of carrying a little bit of extra weight, kind of looked like a husky guy. And uh, he's, I think his agent described it to me as like a, a rocky training montage with him where he's just been really getting after it. So I'd be interested to see if that affects how he pitches it all. Um, he certainly is a guy that you look at kind of like Merrill Kelly. Like you, you kind of, if you get what he's given at, uh, in the past, just as a reliable rotation piece, like that's valuable. I wonder how much upside there is if, he, if he's going to be suddenly way better than he has been. A common theme of our team previews has been just being kind of on our back foot when it comes to analyzing players because of the shortened season. Luke Weaver has made 12 starts in each of the last two seasons. 2019 was fantastic, but injuries cut him short then. And 2020 was really a disaster in terms of results, a 658 ERA and a 156 whip. 
the very lazy analyst to me wants to just split the difference and say he's going to give us like a low fours ERA and a pretty good whip and and hold his job all year. But I still kind of think there's a chance he can unlock the 2019 version or something closer to that in the future. What do you make of Weaver having seen him now over these last two seasons? I, I tend to agree with you that, you know, compared to Merrill Kelly and Caleb Smith, that Luke Weaver has the upside. That's a guy that um, he has the stuff to, to be able to be a really good pitcher. And um, I've heard from several people in the game that, you know, if, if the Diamondbacks were, were to have made Luke Weaver available this winter, a lot of teams would jump on him because they think he's a good bounce back bet. Um, and there's no indication that the Diamondbacks have any interest in trading him because they think he's going to be pretty good as well. Um, he kind of, he, last year was a weird year for him. He was coming off of the forearm injury from the year before that cost him several months. So they slow played him uh, at the beginning of the season and then really yanked his leash um, after a couple rough starts where he, he essentially became an opener for a few turns through the rotation. And then they started loosening that slack a little bit and uh, letting him go deeper into games. And he had some some decent starts. He just got would get tagged by like one bad inning, which is something he talked about bothering him when he was in St. Louis, that he had to learn how to, to not let that one inning get away from him. Um, but his stuff is is really good. Um, he, he's got an easy fastball. He's got several breaking pitches. He's got a good changeup. Uh, I do think that there's the potential for him to, to click again and be a really important piece of the rotation. The other kind of wild card, if the starting five is pretty well set, and I believe you, I kind of think that's the way they're looking at things going into the season. Corbin Martin is pretty interesting if he gets the opportunity. Where are things at with him health-wise, given that his 2020 was basically a recovery year from Tommy John? So the Tommy John surgery recovery, I believe, is complete. What what He was like maybe a couple starts away from being back-back last year when he had an oblique injury that pretty much given the timing of the season kind of put him down for the rest of the year. Um, that I would be surprised if not as fully recovered by now. Um, so he should be an interesting piece. I, I imagine he starts in, in AAA just to, you know, it's been almost two years since he's pitched now um, to, to get his feet back under him. But if they have an opening in the rotation at some point because of injury, um, I would, think that Corbin Martin would be one of the first people they think about calling up to fill that spot because he certainly is is more exciting in arm uh, in a rotation please at this point than John Duplantier is than Taylor Widener is certainly than Taylor Clark and Alex Young who've been the other guys they've called upon for stuff like that so um, I'm excited to see what Corbin Martin can do he, he's he was always the most important part of that Grinky trade and it's just taken a while to, to see if if he's going to live up to that hype we talked about the closer situation sort of in passing before. Are the Diamondbacks going to be a team that lean on one option to close out games? And if they do, is it Joaquin Soria who they just brought in? Or is it Stefan Crichton who's the holdover from last season? I think that they will probably have a set closer. Uh, that's something Mike Hazen talked about yesterday when they introduced Soria. That um, they've maybe gone away from having set roles earlier in the game, the fifth and sixth inning and even into the eighth, but they like the idea of having guys know their roles at the back end of the bullpen. If it's not Soria, I'd be surprised. Um, Crichton was was really good last year and kind of saved their bullpen to a certain extent because for a while they just could find no one at the back end of the game who could reliably get out, and he did. But uh, when you're weighing up their resumes, um, I think that Soria's wins out pretty 
pretty easily, especially given that he's done it for a long time and has a lot of experience there. And that, that maybe frees up Crichton to be where he's a more apt fit in the seventh or eighth inning. So, you know, as we've been talking through the different parts of the roster, you know, other than Soria, these are a lot of familiar names in Arizona. Uh, the lineup is, is going to be pretty much the same, it would seem, uh, from, from what I've seen projected. But um, Dalton Varsho uh, looks like he could have a shot maybe to, to be in that lineup all season long. Is he pretty much a lock to open with the team or is there any chance he goes back to the minors? I would say it's more likely he goes back to the minors, actually. Um if Steven Vogt hadn't gotten enough prorated play, uh, plate appearances to uh, turn his 2021 option into a guaranteed year, then Dalton Varsho might have been the second catcher on this team. But with Carson Kelly and Steven Vogt on this roster, uh, with three with two uh, left-handed hitting outfielders uh, on the corners uh, and Cattell Marte going back and forth between second and Tim LaCastro a- able to play center, I'm not sure that there are enough plate appearances for Dalton Varsho to justify keeping him on the roster because you've got all, all these kind of second base, third base types who are going to be vying for spots on the bench like Andy Young, Wyatt Matheson, Josh Van Meter, Josh Rojas, um, that I don't know how Varsho fits onto this roster really, at least if you're going to take full advantage of his skill set because there's not going to be time at catcher and there's going to be at best limited time in center field. So he, he might be better off going to AAA, where he still hasn't played a single game because of having no minors last year, and getting more regular plate appearances, and also getting more regular time behind the plate. Because as you know, as exciting as he is as a to have that package in a catcher, he still does not have a ton of time back there um, relative to a lot of minor league catchers out there who who come through the system, and he could use some polish. All right. Well, that's definitely something to tuck away as our drafts are uh, starting to come up, Zach. So appreciate that insight. Uh, but that's going to be all for this episode of Fancy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you do take the time to do that. And Zach, we really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, let us know what's going on with the Diamondbacks this offseason. Sure. Anytime. All right. Well, for Zach Buchanan and for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Thursday.